0: everyone it's jackie here one of the hosts and now the producer and today we're bringing you a patreon bonus episode this is fire the canon forgot to say that hi welcome to fire the canon and what we're doing today is the second part of the conversation that becca and i had months ago where we each decided to find and read each other one star reviews of each other's favorite books So go back and listen to the first one if you haven't already, where Becca read me one-star reviews of The Fellowship of the Ring. That was infuriating, but great. Today, I am reading Becca one-star reviews of Pride and Prejudice by none other than the effervescent Jane Austen, who everyone hates. Hope you enjoy. If you want to hear the full episode Join us on Patreon at patreon.com firethecannon and sign up for a tier of $3 a month or higher and you'll get this as well as a bunch of other fun things, but everyone can enjoy the first little bit. Thanks. Have fun. Okay, so I kind of did the same thing. I just took, like, the ones they are not in any particular order. Um, So the first one I saw that made me laugh um, is it's got 213 likes. It is simply, Jesus Christ, just have sex. (gasps) (laughs) That's the only take. This whole thing could have been shorter if they just boned in the very beginning. Sorry. So
1: I guess it's just like they waited too long. I think they were just like to "To have sex because they get married. You know they will. Right. So they just should have done it earlier. I think they were just like,
0: What's all this like back and forth psycho babble about playing games and this and that? Like they should have just gotten it over with. And you know, for a lot of history, I bet they probably did.
1: They they just boned and got it over with? <laughs> yeah and then there's no book. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, we wouldn't get a book. You can't get together yeah. too quickly. That actually, this is why, because I love his, like, um, Jane Austen, and I read, like, the Georgette Hire books. I don't know if you're familiar with those. Mm-mm. Those are more romancy, but they are, like, historical romance, and they're very slow burn, much like Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. And I like that, you know, because I feel like once the couple gets together, I don't care anymore. Right. You know, no, like, no that's offense, the whole point. But like, it's not interesting anymore. <laughs> yeah.
0: And that's why, like, what we said about Pride and Prejudice is like, and I did see some reviews that were like, oh, I knew it was going to happen in like the middle of the book, which is like, duh. If it took you till the middle of the book to realize what was going to happen. But, like, the point isn't are they going to get together, it's how are they going to get together when things have all fallen apart. Yeah. Yeah. I will say when I was looking up Pride and Prejudice on Goodreads, it took me a while to find because you look at Pride and Prejudice and it's not anywhere in the first, like, 40 results. They're all spinoff books. And there's a series. They're all by different authors, but they'll have like these different topics and it'll be like, blah, 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 a Pride and Prejudice variation. Um, and one of them was a baby for Mr. Darcy, a Pride and Prejudice variation. A baby a baby for Mr. Darcy, not for Elizabeth and Mr. Darcy, a baby for Mr.
1: Darcy. Maybe it's like, maybe he adopts a baby in the middle of the book. So it's like, how I, can I find a wife if I have a baby?
0: <laughs> it is a truth universally known that a man, something, something must be in want of a baby.
1: <laughs> I guess so. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I read I think- the synopsis. And
0: it was like, one day, Mr. Darcy finds a baby in his study. What's going to happen now? And that's the book. Wow.
1: Actually, though, I hate to say it, but that sounds like right up my alley. Like, I love it when like a gruff man with a heart of gold adopts a child that's like a trope that i love like an up like up or um the mandalorian Mm -hmm. i love it
0: (laughs) man there are a lot of examples of that now that i think about it because
1: it's a beloved fan favorite yeah or
0: like shrek slowly learning to love donkey no
1: i don't think that's this because because donkey's not a child it's not he's not a father figure (laughs) to donkey you know
0: he needs one
1: yeah no, he does. but I don't know. But I definitely like – I could see people being like, you know, they're dragging this out. They need to just have sex, whatever. Yeah. But I was watching because I love my K-dramas, right? And they okay. – a lot of them, I feel like they pretend no one's having premarital sex. So it's like it'll be 16 episodes. You'll be like seven episodes in before they even kiss, you know? It's huge stakes. And it's like crazy. Right. And like so I was watching it and Darius was watching some of it and I was just thinking – in the moment it was like oh you're never gonna see each other again because all this and i'm like it's crazy that you're i'm sorry but it's like you guys are soulmates you're never you're not gonna have sex once just for the road and darius is like oh they totally did yeah no darius is like they did and i'm like when did they you've been watching it the whole time they haven't he's like oh they did
0: i do feel like most people i i i am like you where it's like no if it, if if they say they didn't then they didn't and it's like everybody else is like no everybody bangs all the time and i'm like dang do they <laughs> but like with the k dramas i feel like they are and k drama is korean drama for anyone who doesn't know mm-hmm. i do feel like they are the mental psyche of me in like eighth grade i don't know or like sixth or seventh grade where you're just like oh my god oh, my God, every time I, like, have a class with them or something, like, I might talk to them once. And then, like, a week later, you're like, oh, my God, I might say hi to them in the hallway. And then you're never thinking, like, I want a bone. You're thinking, like, what if one day we kiss, you know? I feel like that's what the K-dramas are.
1: Yeah. I love that. I love it. Because they so brush much- hands one day.
0: <gasps> it's the tension. So much tension. Yes. Okay. Whew. Okay. Yeah, so- you get it.
1: That's why I love Pride and Prejudice. It's like they yeah. brush hands, and now everyone can't think straight for a whole day. That's amazing. <laughs> I love
0: that. You know, How do they get anything done? Well, the good news is they don't have to get anything done. None of them have jobs. It's true. <laughs> so here's another one. This one, I, I might read the whole thing. It's not too long. The part My favorite part is at the end. I'll just tell you. And I will say there's almost a good take here. So this book has been billed as one of the greatest love stories in all of literature.
1: First of all, is it? It's not meant to be a love story. Like, yeah.
0: It's a great story. It's not really primarily a love story. It's a story about personal growth. When the story begins, Elizabeth Bennet is smart, independent, and not overly concerned with bagging a husband, which, by the standards of Victorian England, eh, this was Regency England, makes her a feminist trailblazer. Oh, yeah. Then she meets Mr. Darcy, who acts like an insufferable prick, and Elizabeth has the good sense to identify Mr. Darcy as the insufferable prick he is, and so she spends the first part of the book rightly loathing this asshole. Fast forward. By chance, Elizabeth finds herself touring Darcy's palatial estate, meeting his hundreds of servants. (laughs) He doesn't meet hundreds of servants using his solid gold bidet, and suddenly she starts (laughs) thinking that maybe Mr. Darcy isn't such an asshole after all. The moral of the story seems to be that enough money can make even the the most abrasive jerk seem like Prince Charming. Mm. And what's really frustrating is when you realize it's 200 years later and while the world has changed immensely, people are still the same. Go society. Here's my favorite part. So if you want to read a real love story, read Anna Karenina. Pause. What? Anna Karenina jumps in front of a train at the end.
1: <laughs> also, Spoiler. it's a, She's cheating on her husband the whole time, right? And she ruins her family? She ruins her family and then the guy doesn't,
0: like keep his promise, and then she jumps in front of a train. So if you want to read a real love story, read that. If you want to read the biggest piece of anti-feminist dribble in the literary canon, then by all means, read Pride and Prejudice. hundred and twenty-six people agreed with this.
1: That mm. they were their Caroline Bingley apologists.
0: Isn't that relatable, though? Like, you don't like a guy very much, and then you go use his gold bidet, and you're like, I – i like him now
1: (laughs) i know that like elizabeth jokes that that's when she changed her mind about him was after she saw his house but like you know that that's not true you know like you know when she starts to change her mind about him right but you
0: you also like she says like she's neurotic about that because she does joke about it later but she's like oh my god like I don't want him to think I'm here just looking at his house after I've rejected him and I'm like thinking about him now you know that's the scary yeah Yeah.
1: so I don't know it's just it's very much I guess missing the point but I mean I don't because I feel like yeah you are supposed to hate Darcy in the beginning but then it's like you realize okay a lot of it was a misunderstanding and he was rude in the beginning but he yeah. realizes it, and then he gets better. Yeah. He gets better. Yeah. A man who can take criticism and then better himself, that's the yeah. dream right there. The only thing I do wonder about is, like,
0: some of those books, I wonder if they set a lot of women up for failure, because it's like, you can change a man, and it's like, 99.9% times out of 100, you can't change the man. But look how wonderful it is when you can. That's a great story. And she changes
1: too. Yeah. And I think they both needed to change, but also like, it's not like she marries him and then he, like, she doesn't accept him until he changes. So that's the Yeah, and then she's thing.
0: like, I'm going to work on him.
1: <laughs> yeah. She does not agree to end up with him until he sorts himself right. out on his own. She doesn't even have to... <laughs> do it for him he does it himself and he's better now. right
0: exactly because they want each other okay so this one <laughs> is funny because it starts with um a preamble where they went back and edited their original review and this was from i think this was 2020 they wrote it so the review you are about to read was written in 2009 2009 that's over 10 years ago I was 17 and thought I was the smartest person ever in all honesty I barely remember this book so negative comments regarding my intelligence are no longer necessary <laughs> so you know this is gonna be good which is funny because I feel like she had a little bit like Darcy growth herself like I thought I was smart I'm not so the review when she was 17 this book is quite possibly the most insipid novel I've ever read in my life why this book is so highly treasured by society society is beyond me, it is 345 pages of nothing. The characters are like wispy shadows of something that could be interesting. The language that could be beautiful ends up becoming difficult to decipher, and I'm sure that's where people were like, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> the plot is non-existent, as though Austen one day decided she wanted to write a novel and began without any idea what would happen except there would be a boy and a girl who didn't like each other but then got married. Austen makes us slog through 345 pages of mind-numbing balls, and dinner parties and one thing she says in her edit to the review is like can we just laugh at my use of the words mind numbing balls
1: (laughs) It was a good take i mean it doesn't help i feel like if because this is such a famous story to already know everything and then go in and it not you have like a preconceived notion of it and you go in and if it doesn't measure up you're gonna hate it kind of
0: right Exactly. This one also has a good uh, comparison to another book in the canon. (laughs) So this one is, what's that? Mr. Darcy doesn't want to dance at the dance? Welcome to almost any eighth grade dance. You will find most of the boys playing basketball in the gym while the girls are waiting in the cafeteria. Who I've never seen. I've been to some middle school dances. Nobody's playing basketball in the middle of the dance.
1: No, I I definitely don't think You're allowed to.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that would knock down the streamers or whatever. Yeah. He he says, "Uh, I was rooting for Mr. Bingley to get away. Uh, Weird. Elizabeth spends most of the novel sitting around complaining about Mr. Darcy and Mr. Bingley while doing absolutely nothing to better her situation. Here's the kicker. At least Jay Gatsby did something about his love. What? What? He literally didn't. That's the whole point of The Great Gatsby. He didn't do anything about it.
1: Yeah, I don't know. And also, like... The whole point is, this is a woman in Regency England. She has not really the options to do anything. You know, <laughs> like the whole point is, she can't do anything about anything. That's her whole problem. <laughs>